0: You're listening to the See the Unseen Podcast, where our number one focus is creating a little visibility for people who deserve a whole lot of spotlight. I'm your host, Melissa Dorjoff, and I'm here to share some amazing stories that can transform and inspire lives. So get ready to take those blinders off and see the unseen. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here today with two wonderful ladies from Rung in St. Louis, Allie Hogan and Leslie. What's your last name, Leslie? (laughs)
1: Leslie Gill.
0: Leslie Gill. So, welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So I'm really excited to um, have you guys on because I want to hear a little bit about how this all started. I know um, this has been kind of a dream of yours, Allie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me how, tell me first of all, where you're from and um, a little bit about yourself. It's
2: so funny being in Illinois because I'm from St. Louis, so I'm used to saying I'm from here. (laughs) here Um, Just a few miles west of here. Um, yeah, so I opened a nonprofit resale shop in 2010. The idea behind it being helping women dress for the job that they wanted. Um, so I started out selling um, business attire, which just evolved over the years to like, you know, jobs women have, you know, being a mom is a job. So then it it wasn't really business attire, it was other things. But Anyway, along that journey, I met a lot of women who were kind of in this transitional period of their lives, weren't necessarily in crisis, but they weren't necessarily sustainably independent either. So I saw the problem and I figured out how to fix it. And here we are today. And then I found this amazing woman who is my president. Oh,
1: nice. So (laughs)
2: um, we, uh, interestingly enough, we have very similar personalities, which probably doesn't make for a good recipe, but it's worked really well for us. And Mm -hmm. It's, it's fun having her on the ride.
1: Yeah, and I um, have spent most of my career in the nonprofit space uh, working for organizations that serve girls and women um, and families and met Allie at a time where I was running a historic child welfare agency and had gotten to a point where I was really tired of seeing kids of kids come into care because of abuse and neglect. I was like, you know, this is a little criminal, the fact that we keep, we're now seeing the next generation of kids come into care and that we haven't figured out how to break the cycles of poverty. And so um, in talking to Allie about her vision for Rung for Women, I was just really inspired by the fact that for the first time in my career, this was going to be a solution to a problem as opposed to putting a Band-Aid on a problem. And, um, you know, so many nonprofits do really great work, but very few are in the business of going out of business, right, because the problem is solved. And so I was really motivated to, like, figure out how we could make this work. And here we are man six years, five years, six years. My
2: first meeting was in July of 2014. So yeah. and you've been with me for six years, Yeah, so, six years yeah. in
1: November. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's been a journey.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so how, so tell me a little bit how it started because like you had this vision, right? Um, but I've seen the building. It's not a, some little tiny building. <laughs> so, and it, there's a lot to it. So tell me a little bit about yeah, so I had a
2: when I had the store, I had a I had a small board, and one of my board members, she was on the board at the Jackie Joyner Kersee Foundation, and um, she had heard about this place in Cincinnati that was this uh, sort of all inclusive one stop shop uh, place for people who were homeless. So we went out to Cincinnati, we toured the place. I loved the concept of having there was somebody there to help them with financial education. There was somebody there to help them with you know um getting their ged there was somebody so it was all in the same building and while these are all things that government can provide you with government assistance it can be a little chaotic and um you know there's no real straight path so it's like if you could come to one place and get all these things done it would be great and they their philosophy was a little bit different than what i wanted so i sort of took the nuggets that um worked for me and i just sort of threw them in the washing machine and spun them around. And I was like, okay, here are the things I want to take from it. Here are the things I want to do differently. But more than anything, I knew that I wanted to be for just women. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the barriers that women have, you think about things like lack of childcare or um, unhealthy diet or lack of education, or, you know, just never understanding finances. Um, And so if you could put all those things in one building and give them all the opportunity to work on their whole selves, not just one piece. Uh, It's pretty amazing what comes out of that. And so over time it sort of became, okay, well, why are we doing this? What's the end goal? Mm -hmm. Well, the end goal is a career and an end goal is a job that provides benefits and has PTO and, you know, maybe has a retirement plan of some kind, but it provides you with enough money that you can start investing planning um setting up funds for your kids it's not just this hourly part time job that you're going to lose anyway if you can't make it to work because your kid gets sick i mean life gets in the way so how do we get them into those jobs and it's been a it's been a journey and we've had to make some pivots and make some changes but um so far so good we we have our fifth class that just started mm-hmm. so we are currently have or have recently served over 300 women so
1: okay 400 women yeah yeah, actually closer to 500. Mm -hmm. So 500
0: women so do all women qualify for this or are there certain qualifications?
1: Yeah so um if you identify as a woman you're 25 years of age or older You have a high school diploma or a GED and you're intrinsically motivated to want to change your life. You can apply to become a member at Rung for Women. Um, We really we have a pretty rigorous application process. So you apply, you go through an interview, you do an assessment. Um, This last class that started on September 11th, we had over 500 applicants for 60 slots. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so we are really trying to get women into careers where women have historically been underrepresented, careers that will pay, to Ellie's point, pay a thriving wage, careers that won't be obsolete or automated in the next five to 10 years, and careers that have growth potential in the region. And so we're really focused on three sectors right now, and that is technology, geospatial, and advanced manufacturing. And so we ask for um, prospective members and candidates to identify with pa- which pathway they're interested in from the beginning. And so we try to have a pretty even split among those three different sectors. Um, and you know, it's it's worked well so far, and we're starting to see real success. We talked just this morning about a member who was in our, I think, second cohort. She happened to get a, a role at enterprise and now gets to tell her wrong story to a group of enterprise executives here in a couple of weeks or a woman, Rose, who was our first, one of our first women in geospatial program candidates. And she got the geospatial certi- certificate certification and um, landed a job and now has landed her second job uh, with Ameren. And... Um, you know because of the relationships we have with executives at Ameren, she'll now have that access. So really, you know, we act as a broker and a curator and matchmaker, how whatever you want to call it. Our role is to match good women who want to do a good job with jobs where they can be successful long term.
0: Gotcha. So, yeah. So you're really taking women who may not have had the opportunity to um, graduate college or that maybe they can afford college. And it's kind of like a mini college, though, that that you're kind of putting yeah. together, like, but with real tools and real, um, you know, a, a real teaching them a real skill set. Right? right.
2: Yeah. So um, it's I always describe it to people like a college campus because it's very hard to describe because it's a complicated concept. Right. Mm-hmm. And but you want to sort of fit it all in. So you think about like an elevator pitch or something, but it's more like, okay, it's like a college campus. Mm -hmm. You, you come to this one place, you start with a class, you, those are your people, you all sort of start together, but then you sort of go in different directions. But at least you've started out with a core group. Um, You have a coach also like a college counselor you have um you, we have a member support group like we just have we have study groups for when they get into their job training so all the things you would see at college we we have um but uh yeah i mean that's really the best way that we can we can describe it cuz it is hard to
0: yeah, I mean, I visited your place, and it first of all, it's absolutely beautiful, and it's really cool because it's almost like you have these observation windows too of like a boardroom, mm-hmm. and then what it's like to be in the boardroom. Mm-hmm. And so, do you kind of role play sometimes with some of these women? Of we do.
2: We have we have actors that come in and actually play really? out actual in office. You know, whether you're negotiating pay, you're dealing with conflict, you're you know, advocating for yourself, whatever that might look like we've taken bits and pieces from like the, uh, the medical school in Springfield um, you know, they have mm-hmm. a whole training program training their students how to have good bedside manners. So they bring in actors, you know, to be patients. And so we sort of take that too. Um, and, you know, we've added onto the building. So now we're at about
1: 65,000
2: square feet. So we've got plenty of room for everything, but um, yeah, we really try to teach in a way that's, um We don't want them to just sit in a classroom and take notes and, you know, we want them to.
1: To have experiences. Um, Allie is referring to our professional power skills. Every member goes through it. It's eight weeks. It includes simulation and they get, you know, it's the most rewarding experience they have, but it's also pretty scary because you know, no one wants to like watch themselves be recorded mm-hmm. and trying to navigate either negotiating salary or having a difficult conversation with an actor. And it's really cool because, you know, the actor can give it to them mild, medium or spicy.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, so what's spicy look Spi- like?
1: Spicy is like, you're getting all the drama all okay. the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is coming at you at once and you got to really think on your feet and Um, The scenarios are real scenarios that we have um, gotten from HR professionals, things that got people fired the previous 30 days. And so how spicy it gets is really up to the actor. And it's a good time. And we can record it and they can watch themselves and they use that for that continuous learning.
0: Gotcha. Now, the people that you bring in to kind of help Mm -hmm. Uh, teach these individuals? Are they people that are in these professional roles? Have they had these different positions? Or who's teaching these classes?
2: So what we really like to do is bring in, uh, well, so we have a couple people on staff who teach our professional power skills, which we sort of call like the secret sauce of rung, because it's all of those um, soft skills that you don't learn in regular school or things we might some people think everybody knows everybody knows how to dress for work Mm -hmm. everybody knows you can call five minutes to say you're not coming in so that's it's important for them to learn those things but what we really try to do is put women in front of these women that look like them so if we're talking about them getting into advanced manufacturing which can be anything from boeing to food manufacturing to i mean Advanced manufacturing is all over the board. So if we can get a woman in who is in manufacturing to actually talk to these women about what their day-to-day looks like, it's way more impactful than if we try to explain to them what advanced manufacturing is. So what we really try to do is take women that we know, like yourself, to come Mm -hmm. in and do a role play or teach a seminar or um, anything that will make it fun
1: and relatable
2: Mm -hmm. and useful,
1: Right. And we also try to get um, our members into those environments. So we do field trips. We do exploration and exposure opportunities where they can go on site and actually see what a day in the life is like to see what the facility is like. You know, it's not your grandmother or grandfather's manufacturing site anymore. They're bright, they're clean, they're um, high tech. And so you know, the dark, dun- dingy, you know, grimy plants that we maybe know from the past just don't exist anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and culture has become a big
2: thing. I mean, people want to work in a good culture. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, but I mean, it's, you you just want it to be, um, you want to get them excited about something they've probably never heard about. I mean, when people come in and they say things like, I want to I want to start a business, but it just sounds good, but you don't really know what goes into that. So we're trying to steer them in the direction of we can put you in this job that will pay you immediately what you need. Mm -hmm. But also we have relationships with the employers so that we know that they're going to be paid the same as men and they're going to be treated as such. And they are going to have a clean, safe environment. And if there are issues then we are going to talk to the employers and so we can sort of be that support for them
0: um, So you're really talking to women who really you know maybe they didn't come from money um and they don't even know what opportunities are out there so you're kind of really you know trying to give them you know look give let them know that there are all these different opportunities and then teaching them the skill set to, to absolutely get there.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I look at it like we firmly believe women have everything they need, right? Um, we are really sort of targeting a person, a woman who maybe has worked in an industry and she has been overlooked for promotions. She's not sure why. Um, or she's worked in an industry and she hates it, but doesn't know how to go find and navigate moving to something else. Mm-hmm. So that is where we come in. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have the executive functioning skills or they just don't know how to navigate these mm-hmm. spaces. Well, because-
0: it's tough. I think it is tough. Um, you know, I my job was eliminated about a year and a half ago. And, you know, I worked at the same place for 30 years. And then you think, well, what do you do now? I mean, where Absolutely. do you go? Do, how, you got to put a resume together. Then yep. you have to go on LinkedIn and you have to network with people. And it, it's a it's a big deal.
1: And especially post-COVID, um, you know, a lot of people had time to sit home and sort of reflect on what do I want to do next mm-hmm. and um, how do I get there? And so people like yourself who maybe were in industries and their jobs were eliminated, a lot of service industry jobs um, where you couldn't work from home and those jobs were eliminated, um, you now have Folks, women sitting there, like, well, what do I do? I'm also caregiving and caretaking, and mm-hmm. I, I want to try something new, but I don't know how. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they they didn't have means. It it just they just don't know how to navigate.
0: But you do have an income level, right? That you mm-hmm. so yeah, they
1: have, they have to make less than fifty thousand to be
0: indiv- okay. Okay. individual, individual income. individually individually. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Yep. So okay. most of our members are working. A lot of them have work history that is is really solid, um, but they're stuck and they don't know how to get unstuck. And so we're very clear that we're not an organization for peop- women who are living in crisis. Okay. So you have to have stable housing. You have to be able to get to our location in South City, in the Fox Park neighborhood. Um, so, you know, you have to have some willingness to want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um our average age is 35. So we're also, you know, trending slightly older. Um many of our members have some college or a college degree. So okay. yeah. So it, it is definitely a group of hardworking women who just have like, you know, come to their wits' end and they're like, I just need a boost. You know, I know, I know how to get there or I, I need help g- figuring out how to get there. But I also need support and a boost to to lead me in the right direction. Okay. There's
2: also a lack of trust. I mean, for you to have worked in the same company for 30 years is really rare. rare. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we can, we, we can blame people for not being motivated to stay with a company, but we can also blame a company for not doing what they said they would do or laying people off with no warning or there's just not a lot of trust out there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think what these members really appreciate is the fact that we've done the work on the back end so we're not sending them to companies that are known to lay people off or right. are you know they're 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 literally looking for these kinds of women and yeah. they have the positions available for them so yeah. um i think that creates more trust in the whole yeah
1: a lot of our work is uh, focused on vetting the companies so making sure they have family friendly work environments making sure they have family-friendly leave policies. Um, we certainly don't want to um, suggest that our our members go work for companies that aren't going to do right by them.
0: That's what I was just going to ask yes. you. Like, Do you spend a lot of time kind of getting to know these different employer groups that yes. you're sending the women yeah, there to? Was,
2: there was one company that we talked to that did not have a women's bathroom. And I mean, it seems so crazy, but they never had a need for one. Mm-hmm. But But we're not sending her to work there without a women's bathroom. Right. And um, it's pretty its pretty impressive how these women are not scared. I mean, they're really not. They're, they're happy to go in an environment where there aren't a lot of other women, but it is is—it is scary. And yeah. You want to make sure that they're treated.
0: I was one of the only women on the senior leadership team for about 24 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few here or there that came and went, but it was... Um, it was very interesting working with all males. I mean, in some ways, it's, you know, really great. And then other ways, um, you kind of feel like you're, you know, the only one on an island, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I yeah.
2: There's a perception about women and, you know, family friendly. You have to allow for the fact that women, things are going to come up. You know, Leslie's tracking your daughter right now, walking home from school. Like, things are going to come up. You right. Know? And you shouldn't be penalized at work because... Mm-hmm just because you're a woman and you might be, I mean, single moms, which we all are. And, you know, it just, things do come up. So we we need to know that like, you're not going to be penalized for the fact that you happen to be a woman and also the main parent, or it it just, there has to be a lot of conversations that go
0: Mm
1: -hmm. with that.
0: So you guys talk about this wage discrepancy. So let's just go there, pay Mm -hmm. and women. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think it's gotten better? Um, I think it's shocking how it's where it is.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think we know that uh, there still is a gender wage gap. Um, we had a conversation about this over the weekend, actually. So equal payday for Latina, Latinas, um, was just October 5th. So that means that they had to work until October 5th to make the same amount of money that their male counterparts made by the end of the previous year. It took them 10 months to took make them- as much as their... Oh. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. so just that little, that, well, a lot yeah. less every month, it took them 10 months to catch up.
1: Wow. Right. And so... Why do you think that? Um, I would say, you know, with the, you know, Hispanic culture, certainly there's... Um, a dynamic that, you know, women care for the family. So anytime you have to step away from the workforce, there's a thing called the mommy tax. And so there's penalty there. You don't get to come back at the same level. And so every time you step away to have a child, that impacts your ability to be promoted or to grow within the organization.
0: But, you know, now they have paternity leave, which is crazy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, my daughter says that that's a good thing. It's I guess great. it's a great thing. Sure. But I didn't even get paid on when I left on maternity leave. I left for like 5 we- five or 6 weeks and literally had to go back when I I was like not in the best health, but I was like I need a paycheck. Well,
1: yep. 5 and 6 weeks is not
0: enough. Yeah, it's crazy. No,
1: it's but, not yeah. enough, but you know, you think about certain cultures where, you know, they have bigger families and women step away longer and every single time that happens, there's a penalty. Um, it's not fair, it's not right, but it, it happens, and we know it happens. And so, um, you know, we're really talking to companies a lot about the one thing you can do to ensure that their, um, this, this gender wage gap doesn't continue is to publish salaries, and mm. um, it, it seems very simple, but for a lot of organizations, it's super hard.
0: Sure, because, I mean, most of the time, your wage and your, I mean, your salary is confidential. And and there's a lot of companies that would literally, I mean, they would let you go if you were talking about your salary to others. Yeah,
1: Which hard. is a problem, right? Because you're likely getting paid less than your male counterpart. Mm-hmm. And they don't want you to talk about it because they don't want people to find out.
0: Now, isn't there like glass door, was it glass, glass door? Ceiling, glass ceiling, something mm-hmm. like that, where, you know, you can go in or fishbowl or something like that. I don't even know what these are, but you can go in and put your salary and people can go look at it or something. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe. You know I, like that. I
2: understand the feeling, the, the philosophy behind people not wanting their employees to be talking about because people should be paid based on what they're bringing to the company right, right. and and what their outcomes are so sure. so obviously a higher performing employee should make more than an employee who isn't as high performing right I that agree is that. one thing but if you are moving into a position and the person before you was making more than you are that makes no sense to me you were hired into this position based on your qualifications I don't know if it's the feeling like you have to earn it, but I'm kind of like, you probably already earned it in wherever you came from. So you should just go in at the same same amount.
1: Or the bias that comes with, you know, Leslie and Allie are applying for the same role. And because she's a white woman, she gets paid five thousand dollars more. Is that true? For yeah. sure. Really? <laughs> Isn't that yeah. crazy? I You're mean, like,
2: that seems ridiculous. Yeah. No,
1: it, it happens all the time. And You know, we're, we're on, we're literally submitted our applications, went through the interview process. And because the salary ranges aren't published, she could be, she could ask for more and they'll give her more. I could ask for more and they will tell me we can't do it. So So, who
0: tracks that? How do you, how do we know, how do we know that data?
1: Oh, I mean, we know because people tell us it happens. Um, we know because, you know, we've seen a huge surge in diversity, equity and inclusion work. It's not just women. You know, women are paid less than men for sure. But when you get into race and ethnicity, African-American, Latino, Asian, women are paid less than white women. I mean, it, it's factual. Mm-hmm. The Department of Labor, you can look at the labor market analysis. They will show you what the average salaries are by ethnicity. Um, It happens. It's unfortunate, but that's why we say, say the pay, just publish it so that we know I can be anywhere in this range. And if it happens that, you know, they offer me in the range and they offer her a few hundred dollars more in the range or me a few hundred dollars more in the range, it's not this huge discrepancy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you see some places where we had a board member over the weekend that said there was a partner and a partner, both a a female partner and a male partner. The male partner was making $50,000 more than the female partner. They're both partners Mm -hmm. in this firm. How could the male partner, why is the male partner making $50,000 more than the female partner? Same title, same background doing virtually the same work.
0: Right. Well, I think women, I think we short like, Um, I think we have a hard time negotiating pay, number one. For sure. And advocating for ourselves. Yes. And I you know, I read somewhere where there were statistics that were that women feel like they, they know, they have to know like 95% of the job before they'll like throw yeah. their name in the hat for a job. But the a male will be like, he'll, he maybe only needs to know like half of it. And yep. he will still put his yep. name in that because they, they're so confident. Yep. And they'll, even if they don't know the job, they'll be like, oh, I'll figure it out. I know, you know, they just, I don't know. I'm going to dog on men right now, but it's like, they feel like they know everything or they'll figure out somehow. But
1: yeah, women, the, we don't. Or just, men are sitting in the decision-making chair. And they say to their male counterparts, like, come on, we'll do this together.
0: Right. Okay. Well, you can, you'll figure it out. But it's like, why, why do women feel like that they have to know everything before they will throw their name in the hat? I think
2: a big thing that we talk about is that there, for so many years, there were jobs that were made specifically for women, you know, nurse anything right. nurturing, right? Nursing, teaching. teaching. Right. Um, so I think women still feel like they're new in these industries and they have to be real sure to show up on the first day as an expert. Otherwise they're not going to cut it. But the, the advocating for yourself piece is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, we're not, we're not, we're not going down to Jeff City and like trying to change the policies and doing all that, to be honest, I feel like this is actually going to move the needle faster by just having these relationships with the companies and giving them time to see that we're right.
0: And, you monitor and that value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you have so what are some of the companies that do that you do kind of network with and that um, support wrong?
1: Oh, so we have a, a big list of employer partners and um, uh, organizations that are part of our network. Places like Panera. So everyone knows the P- Panera brand. Uh, we have a number of um, geospatial companies, T. Carter, Maxar. Um, I'm thinking uh, I'm Sire Industries is another one. They make component parts for airplanes. So in the advanced manufacturing space. Boeing Boeing, yeah, Boeing's a, a big supporter of our work. Um, doesn't necessarily mean all these companies are publishing salaries, uh, but they are at least open to having the conversation and we know that all of the other benefits that they offer right now might outweigh the fact that they don't publish salaries, but many of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, many of many of the organizations do publish salaries.
0: Yeah, I've seen you know LinkedIn starts to publish sal- salaries for different positions now, so I think that is bringing a little bit of visibility to the work well, space. Well, the
2: hope is if you're not willing to publish them, why? Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're doing like what, this is what, the
0: job. Right. If you can do this job, then this is what we're willing to pay for it.
2: Well, and if you're if you're being ethical mm-hmm. and morally right, why wouldn't you publish it? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think that's the hope is that we get it to that point where now you're part of the. Rule and not the exception. Um, so actually, helped us in hiring as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: actually, Illinois, the state of Illinois, just passed legislation that by twenty twenty five, all companies domiciled in the state of Illinois will have to publish salaries. Really? Yes.
0: Like publish a salary. Like you work for this company, and this these are the this is what you make in this role. Or no, it,
1: just... it means that the, this is the job, and this is the salary range for the job. Okay. So that. You
2: based know, on what, what that current person is being paid. or, gotcha. or
1: And based upon what the role requires. So, yeah, I
0: think schools do that, right? They yeah, have the govern- principal, yeah, they have teachers. Know, this is the, the range. It's government
2: funded. Yeah, and that's
1: yes, okay. I was yeah. going to say a lot of governmental entities will publish salaries currently. The federal government publishes salaries to a degree or they'll publish the... I forget what they call it, but the ranking or the level, but um, private industry does not so much. And so we're really trying to, you know, move the needle in that way.
0: Gotcha. So you're helping women role play and helping them advocate for, what are some of the things, the key things that you would um, instruct women to say when they are trying to get a raise or they're trying to negotiate their salary? What are some best practices?
1: Well, um, unfortunately, neither one of us do that work. (laughs) directly with our members, I, but but I would say it's all the things that we know, you know, when you think about the skills that you bring to a role. Um, sometimes education is a factor, sometimes it's not. We really look for roles that are middle-skilled jobs, so jobs that don't require a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, walking in with confidence, having done your research and knowing what the job commands and what the range is. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you know what the people around you are making, but mm-hmm. you are really focused on what you bring, the value add that you bring as an employee and what the job is worth.
2: Well, and the thing we hear more than anything like verbatim is I had no idea how I was just in my own way. So it's it's like um, you you can actually take that because it feels like a risk, right? If you go in and advocate yourself, it feels like a risk. Like now you're going to lose your job. If you go in and you ask your boss for a raise and then he doesn't give it to you, well, now it's going to be weird.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So, um, but then when you have us, so we also have this program where for five years after you leave, we stay in contact with you and we, we have seminars and we stay in touch with your employers so that if for some reason you had a conversation with employer did not go well, the employer, I mean, worst case scenario was like, I can't believe you asked me for that. We have to let you go. Then we can step in and be like, whoa, 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 that's not, you can't do that, or what? I mean, it's nice to have us advocating for them as well. Oh, so
0: you do kind of stay involved. Oh, we been involved yeah. for okay.
2: for for five years, and so um, we call it our member support network. So yeah, so it's like we we will help you advocate for yourself until you're ready to just go off and do it on sure. your
1: own. Well, it's the, other, the just, other thing is we see so often that women just don't ask. Right. Um, And they don't ask for the raise. Um, They do. They go through the performance management process and get to the end and freeze Um, as much as they know they've earned it. They don't ask for it and they just wait for it to be given to them.
0: Right. I would say no means not now.
1: So For I sure. mean when,
0: what's the worst they're gonna say? No? I mean, then okay. But at least you put yourself out there. But I do know that a lot of women do struggle with um just imposter syndrome and, yeah. uh, and lacking confidence. And and it happens even at my level, at you know, at the C suite levels, at vice president levels, like women really do have those kind of challenges. I always thought that you know, I spent about a year and a half with a leadership coach. Mm-hmm. And he literally changed my life. And because there's one thing that I um, dealt with a lot. And it's funny, because now I talk about it. But it was the biggest insecurity that I ever had. And I carried it with me, probably 30 years. Um, And that was that I didn't graduate college. So I went to about Two years of college full time. I took some night classes. I took professional presence, comp two, but all these like general studies and everything. And I never got my bachelor's degree. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to tell anyone that because, you know, I was working with these guys that had these Ivy League degrees and I didn't come from money. My mom and dad couldn't afford college. I had to pay for everything I went to. So, um, and then I was traveling a lot and working for my company. And the CEO of the company at the time, I said, should I go back to college, you know, to get my degree? Or should I keep doing this? But I'm a single mom, I'm traveling, I don't have time for all this. He said, Melissa, if you love what you're doing, you're passionate about what you're doing, then no, he's like, but, you know, you could just put your time and effort into the company and you'll be rewarded. So but I carried this like insecurity with me for so long. And then finally, when I worked with a leadership coach, he said to me, what's the biggest insecurity that you have? And I was like, Don't even want to tell my leadership coach this, and so I thought, well, that's what he's here for. So I just told him, and he said, "Well, let me ask you a question." So, do you want to go back to school? I said, "No." He said, "Do you think you're going to make more money if you have that piece of paper?" I said, "No," and I'm like, "I'm at the top. I can't. I can't even go anywhere else. Like I'm at the top of my company at what I do." And so he said, "Well." I said, it's just that these guys have all went to these different colleges. They have all these fancy degrees. And when people asked me, I felt embarrassed. And he said, well, what's another story you could tell yourself? And I said, well, that I have like 30 years of domain expertise that these guys will never have. I mean, they all went to the Jack Welch leadership programs, but they did not understand our business. And I had it. And he's like, well, then tell yourself that story. And something clicked in me. And I was like, you know you know, I, that's true. And I would, my son would say, well, mom, you know, like you should be proud that you didn't go to college. You did it all without going to college. And he's, but I said, you look at it that way, but I didn't look at it that way. Yeah. So I think there are, and, and it's weird because now I talk about it, which I would never share with people, but I share it to help other women, because I think there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they think that, because I did, I thought I was just going to be like a flight attendant, or a secretary or something like that, because I didn't even know the opportunities that were out there. And it wasn't until a woman really believed in me and said, You're gonna be our contracting person, did I ever I was like, well, what's that? And she's like, well, you'll figure it out. But she believed in me. So I just kept taking the steps. Yeah. But I do I think it's great what you guys are doing for women. I mean
1: that's absolutely the wrong way. Like we don't, I mean we know we have some members who have gone to college or have degrees, but we really look for middle skill jobs, jobs that don't require a bachelor's degree. We talk to employers about why does a degree matter if you have 30 years of experience? Um, So let's talk about the skills that are necessary to be successful in a role um, as opposed to a bachelor's degree because at the end of the day, if you have the skills and you have work experience, a degree doesn't matter. College is not for everyone, and
2: well, and how many people do what they actually majored in?
1: Right, <laughs> for sure.
0: So yeah. they have a degree in something, and then they go do something completely different. I
2: mean, college was really just a, a slip and slide into real life. Like honestly, you're just you're learning how to be on your own. You're learning how to yep. fall and get back up. You're learning how to make mistakes in a safe environment. I mean, it's like it's great, and I'm not it's saying you want to be a doctor. Please go to a school and right. learn how to be a doctor. But if yeah. you don't know what you want to do,
0: right. Well, I made my kids go to college. Um my daughter was a third grade school teacher. She's now a, a mother, um, staying at home. But and my son um graduated with a business degree and he was always not wanting to go. But I said, you know, I just I didn't have that edge and I was like, you know, I want you to still go. But so you had the did edge. Did you but-
1: really have you you had the edge? I feel you, like you created the edge. I yeah. did, but
0: I wonder if like, maybe I felt like I always had to prove something. So I worked a little harder sure. or something.
1: Which maybe I don't nothing know wrong with that either. Yeah. It, I mean, cause there are a ton of people who have it and don't work hard at all.
0: Right. That's true too. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: I, you Well, know. And I'm sure at some
2: point you told yourself, I didn't go to college, so I'm going to make my kids go to college because I want them to do better than I did. But yeah, that's actually not in there at all. Like, that's the story you told yourself.
0: Yeah, right.
2: Because you actually, you know, people who go and not a rip on Ivy League schools, but like, for them, sometimes it's more of a lateral move to get into these positions. You actually had to grow so much professionally to get there, that the room for improvement is way higher Mm -hmm. than, and I mean, I think it's great when people go to college, I went to college, but I don't remember a lot of what I learned in college. <laughs> yeah. certainly i certainly not using my
1: degree. So, no. you know. Yeah, I, I, me either. I went to college and graduate school. And at the time, it felt like the right thing to do. But now, in hindsight, it's the people that I know and the relationships that I built that really helped propel my career. Mm-hmm. So I would say to any person who's trying to decide, like, should I do it or should I not? It's like. Make sure you treat people the way you want to be treated and you don't ever burn any bridges because you never know when you'll need to make that call Mm -hmm. um, to ask for a favor. So much of where I have gotten Mm -hmm. to today in my career is because people saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. had nothing to do with my degree. Mm -hmm. It had everything to do with my attitude and work ethic.
0: That's great.
1: So I mean, I, I certainly support education, higher education, going to college, but it, it is not for everyone. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, to make the investment of time and money and not be sure about how you're going to use it, um, you know, could could come back to hurt you in the end. Yeah, right. It's I feel a lot. Like, college is expensive.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, and that's why I only went to two years, but. You know, I just I always learn to teach myself like you were talking about mm-hmm. on the podcast. How did you do this? Well, you know, I just got on YouTube and started listening, watching videos right. and saying, oh, I, OK, now they, somebody out there knows how to do it.
1: A skill and patience yeah. and patience that many people don't have.
0: Well, oh, I so- have zero <laughs> patience, but.
1: But you're willing to go learn. <laughs> yeah. right? That curiosity that, you know, intrinsic ability to want to learn more is half the battle. Right.
2: But if you if someone had just handed you a podcast, like they built this room and they were like, well, there's a third of your podcast is going to happen. You would do it and you'd be great at it, but you wouldn't have all the depth behind it that mm-hmm. got you here. Right. So I feel like that you wouldn't appreciate that counts it as for much. Something.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughter always tells me to enjoy the journey and not just, you know, the end result. Yep. yep. Um, and that's really, dif- that's hard to remember. But that is true. Because I think when you're learning a little bit on the way, it's fun to learn and grow and everything. And you, you get so focused, at least for me is like, I'm very action oriented and goal oriented. So it's like, okay, what's the goal in this? Mm-hmm. And for me, like, you do a podcast, well, I'm not making any money on this podcast really yet. So but then I'm like, why am I doing this? But then I have to remember the why? Well, mm-hmm. I want to help women get the visibility they deserve. I want to help women grow in their career and um, share my faith and, um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why I want to start. Well,
2: the- and you just told us something about something that you weren't comfortable talking about and now you're putting it on a podcast. Like Yes. That, that's, you're evolving too. So, so sure. I yeah.
0: Mean,
2: however, well, that
0: yeah, and you don't know where you're going to end up, right? Because even just like a year or, you know, a couple years ago, when, before I lost my job, I was actually um, taking this class to, to develop a keynote. And I thought, well, it'll be fun. And I don't do anything just for fun. It has to have a reason. Mm-hmm. And so, again, Kaylee was like, just take the class for fun. And so, all of a sudden, I'm putting all the things that I've ever learned in business into a keynote and then taking my takeaways. What did I learn from this moment in my life that, you know, where maybe I was, I had a really successful moment And what did I learn from it? Or maybe I messed up with something and what did I learn from it? So I did that. And then I'm still trying to brainstorm with like, how do I take what I've learned and help other women? Um, How do I tell my story that, you know, I didn't come from money and, you know, and I didn't graduate college and, but I was, I have had a very successful career in life. Um, how do I take that and teach other women? So, you know, sometimes you don't know where things are going to go, right? Mm-hmm. But then you just got to keep keep kind of networking and and keep trying at least um, to see where it might go. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think wealth is such an interesting dynamic because, you know, so often you've said it a couple times that I didn't come from money. And the the wealth dynamic doesn't translate into how hard you will work. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like at a certain point in time, that stuff doesn't even matter. Like it's all about what you're doing right here, right now, and your commitment to continuous learning. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, you know, that's why we're all here is because even in our work, you know, we want women to be committed to investing in themselves and that continuous learning, because, you know, you never know what this will lead to. Like I said, you know, when we opened, you know, we have a a member who came to wrong because she was stuck. She changed her career, got a job at a company she loves, and now she gets to tell her story in front of the entire executive team of a global company, right, right? And she probably, when she walked through our door, she didn't think that was going to be her path.
0: Right. Well, success isn't just defined by your you know, your salary or finances, no. but rather by purpose and passion. And For if you sure. can line them both up, if you can do something you're really passionate about and that you feel like you have a purpose, then, you know, I always think then the money will come too. Yes. Um, Because you can be super successful and then think, what am I doing here? Like, yeah, I, you know, I encu- I'm not making a difference.
1: Yeah. I encourage our pe- our members and staff all the time. Like, Find things that you would do even if you weren't getting paid to do it. Right.
0: Podca- Good advice. Pa- yeah.
1: Podcast, right? Right. I enjoy doing it. Right now, I'm not getting paid to do it, but maybe one day I will. So if I keep at it, certainly the purpose and the pay will intersect.
0: Right. Yeah, Out out here uh, I'll just tell, say a message out to sunglass hut <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, see the unseen um, I want you to be a sponsor of this yeah, podcast hey. they actually have this like really cool um, they make uh, eyeglasses for children who can't like their families who can't afford it mm-hmm. and so I thought oh see the unseen they'd be a good sponsor hey you know podcast or whatever but I haven't called them yet but
1: maybe they'll hear it. Good. And you don't have to call them yeah yeah you have so, to ask for what you want
0: but you know let's talk about this because so Allie you know, you're doing all of this and, you know, you don't need to work. You don't have to work. Um, why do you do it?
2: Well, I think it started out as simply guilt. <laughs> um, when you, when you are born into wealth there, well, I can't say everybody cause I think you can definitely take two paths, but for me it was about the, the, the need is there. And it. I do feel that it is, um, I'm not going to say obligation, but I do feel like it is my duty to, to do something positive with that. And I think that was initially why I started. And then I'm so lucky because then I realized this is actually what I want to do. And I don't care that I don't collect a paycheck because I get I I get filled up every day meeting these women and not just the members, but the staff too. And every day is different. Mm-hmm. And we get to have all these adventures and watch all these women go off and do amazing things. And so for me, it just felt right. I think I grew up in a family of very strong women. And we talk sometimes about how, um, how I became a leader. And being a leader was never an option for me because mm-hmm. we just had women. And we're honestly not very good at marriage, so there's a lot of single women and a lot of single men. Me too. In my I wasn't family. good at it either. And so it's like you, you you don't you don't get you don't get to sit in the back row. Like you would have to sit in the front row. You have to ask questions. You have to speak up. You have to you know go go catch the kid that no one's talking to and go talk to them.
0: And that's how you were brought up.
2: That that's type how I was your brought up. Mom.
1: Well, and I also think the one thing that I really admire about your mom is she always made you work.
2: I always had to work. She always had really? to work. Always.
1: And and so that innate ability to have like a really good work ethic permeates through everything, whether you're getting paid to work or not, like this commitment to work is a skill and it is something that you, e- that is, le- is learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it really is like, Joji's fault like mm-hmm. she made you work and my my mom made me work and your parents probably made you work and so
0: actually they didn't really make me work but so you like it's really work. but oh, I like, yeah. to so like to work so however yeah. you got
1: there you got there yeah. however you right but at the end of the day like it wasn't the money it was the value right and work ethic is a family value
2: <laughs> and i think everybody should work in a restaurant or be in some kind of s- social service industry at some point because my God, you' love yeah, things.
0: You know, a lot of people wouldn't know that about you though, really. Well, I mean, and I and I guess tell the listeners like who you are, what's your what's yeah. your background, your family.
2: So my grandfather started Enterprise Rent A Car, which is interesting. We have very similar personalities. He really just wanted someplace to go and he wanted a place to like meet new people and do whatever. And then it kind of got away from him. And then, you know, it's 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 grown so much and it's done so well. But um I think for a while I was really embarrassed by it. Cause I sort of felt like that's how people would view me. And
0: like you're spoiled rich girl.
2: Totally. And like social media has not helped me and nor has reality TV, but it's, it's like, people, were you on re- reality TV? Mm. No, I'm just saying like, that's oh, what people, okay. people but, imagine. Oh yeah. You know, like that I'm a real housewife. And but you honest. know
0: what you could be like, could you be. could live that life, but you don't
2: No, And I remember my, my grandfather saying multiple times, you know, if you, you know, you got to keep your nose clean. You got to, you got to do what you got to do. You're representing the family all the time. I will have no questions about writing you a check and sending you on your way. You're going to be a part of this or you're not, and you got to make the choice. And if you're going to be a part of it, you're going to be a part of it. And that means you're under a microscope. And that means we're all going to be on you about stuff. And while at the time, it felt very constricting, like, I can't really be myself, you know, I feel like I can't, like, get a face tattoo, or I can't do whatever. But you know, now I'm now I'm like, that made a lot of sense, because it forced me to commit to things. And it forced me to be a leader. And it forced me to to um, use what I had and parlay it into something that made me really happy so mm-hmm. so but i it took me a long time like i went to college and i in virginia and i went to this small town and nobody from st louis went there and that was totally my purpose but it took me um it wasn't until the end of my freshman year that i told anyone and they were like why wouldn't you have told us that and i'm like because i really needed you to get to know me mm-hmm.
0: to like you for who before, you are or
2: yeah and they were like well we're not those people and i'm like no i get it but that's that's my stuff that's not your stuff mm-hmm. like we're all human right right and I know when I meet somebody sometimes and they know that about me, they want to ask me things. And I'm like, I'd rather you just ask me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you honestly. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm really lucky in that way that I was I was raised that way. And
0: mm-hmm. you're very grounded, I would say. Like I've been to your house and you drink out of a red solo cup and wine and in the, the fridge and stuff. But um yeah, I just and I, I really do admire that about you, that you, you know, took what you know, you took. The money that you have and the resources that you have and you did something good with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have guilt for having money and I had guilt for not having money, I guess. But or isn't whatever. that interesting? Yeah. Like
2: we both had insecurity. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're going to have an insecurity about yeah, something. something. Ours yeah. are just bigger and more obvious. But like, you know, it doesn't really matter where we came from. And you and I have become friends over the years and I've known you for yeah a long time now. And so it's like, we're all just people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I Trying mean, to
1: do the best we can with what we have.
0: Right. And I always I say no one has it all figured out. I think that some people think that, you know, there's a special sauce and you, you know, you do all these things that no. I'm thinking about, you know, anybody, no matter what they're going through. I mean, everybody's probably going through something or have some challenges in their life and nobody, no matter with, I think with social media now with Instagram and Facebook and all this and all these highlight reels, you know, you, there are so many people that, are out there thinking that their life is so perfect, you know, cause they're only showing the good stuff. Um, and we all have challenges. We're all trying to get through each day and, and do be a little bit better person.
2: Yeah. I remember somebody saying to me when I got divorced, cause I'm like, God, I'm a single mom now. And they're like, well, yeah, but you're a single mom with money. Like that's a totally different thing. And I'm like, but it's not, I mean, I still have to emotionally fulfill my kids and I still okay. have to worry about what they're doing at their dad's house and I still have to figure out how to maintain a good relationship with him and none of that has a monetary value. <laughs> right? So, so do I. <laughs> so, so while, yes, I have a pool in my backyard and I can sit out there with them in the summer and they can wear themselves out, Beyond that, I mean, and I don't want to raise them to think that just because they have money, (laughs) the world is
0: easier. And after so much, it doesn't really matter. It it is like, you know, I sit here sometimes and I think, you know, I have days when I just feel super lonely and I'm thinking, You know, I am like a huge extrovert. I mean, I'm sitting here as a podcast host, but there are days that, um, you know, I don't really talk to that many people. I'm emailing back and forth. I'm, you know, I'm on video calls here or there, but then my girlfriends are busy. Everybody, Kaylee, has her own life. Brayden has his own life. And then my fiance is in Chicago at SWAT school. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it's lonely. Like, so, I mean, I think, and that's where I, like, I, you know, I pray about that too, is like, how can I help other women? Because I know if I feel this way, and I'm a networker, I'm a, I love to develop relationships, but if I feel that way, sometimes there's got to be people out there that feel that way too. I know we're getting off on a tangent here but yeah, that's okay. um away from wrong but that's how women do. That's <laughs>
2: yeah, we, we mm-hmm.
0: yeah, but I but I do I love that you guys are out there supporting um women and have these programs uh, put together and um because it is it's like it's it's more like role playing when you're actually doing the actual work. Um which I'd love to be in there with like days when these actors are being the oh, CEOs yeah. cuz wow. I've been around some some CEOs we, we
1: have a place for you and I'll share with your listeners that if anyone is interested you can go to our website rung for, rung for women, r u n g f o r women.org and um, we're located in the city of St. Louis in Fox Park and you can come visit us anytime.
0: Really, do you do tours?
1: We do. Okay. We do
2: tours. I would, I would actually love for you to come in and be an actor. But yes.
0: you can't. Oh, you I would be a be good all, CEO. You can't
2: be all like Missy Sweet Pants. You gotta be, <laughs> oh, like, you gotta uh, be spicy. Well, first spicy. of all,
0: <laughs> probably the people who worked for me in the years past would say that I wasn't. Missy Sweet Pants? Yeah, no.
2: I just made that up for you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Missy Sweet Pants, which nobody calls me Missy except for the people, at, you know, yeah. back a long time ago. Well, people in high school did, but not now. Uh, anyway, remember. that's another story. Oh,
2: you're cute Missy. I like
0: Missy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't think Missy Sweet Pants um, went together really in the work in my work in life. Work I'm a lot sweeter than I used to be. Nice. That's from Sweet, Sweet or Steel Magnolias too.
1: Nice.
0: Oh, that is a good. thing
2: yeah. uh, yep. Uh, I get that. Yeah, I get that.
0: So, what else do we need to talk about? Anything else that's um, covered a lot? And I do find it
2: hilarious how women can start on one topic and
0: they just
1: bounce all around. Right. Get back to the end. That's
0: what I said. Let's just make it conversational and, um, you know, and let it flow naturally. Yeah. I
1: appreciate, yeah, I appreciate you for this. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's it's been great. Such a great space.
0: Yeah. And so let the listeners know how do, I know you said the website, but how do women, if they're interested in joining RUNG or finding out more information about RUNG, where do they go? Who do they call?
1: Yep. So best thing to do is go to our website, rungforwomen.org. You can find us at 2717 Sydney Street in the Fox Park neighborhood in St. Louis, Missouri. And um, unfortunately, I do not know our phone number. <laughs> no, I don't
2: know our phone number.
1: <laughs> do, people, do people still call? Do, yeah, um, people might call. call. Yeah. Um, do uh, you have a
0: receptionist? We
1: do. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you could also reach us at info at rungforwomen.org. And that will get triaged to um, someone based upon your interest. So professional volunteers, become a member. The website is really the best option.
2: And we've just revamped it. So it's way more user friendly. So.
1: Great. Yeah. Well,
0: I would love to be a guest sometime. Sure. I know we talked about it, but I'd love to share my story. Yeah, and hopes to, we've organized it a little
2: bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. <laughs> to help awesome.
0: women too. Well, if you like what you're hearing, uh, make sure that you go to my YouTube page and subscribe to the See the Unseen podcast. And I want to thank you guys for being here. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for listening.